Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Well, I am excited today to have a longtime friend, uh, my former youth pastor, uh, great leader in our network, uh, Angelo Fleece. Angelo, welcome to the L3 Podcast. Well, thanks, Aaron. It really is an honor to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I, I would appreciate it more if your screensaver on your iPad was not a U of M logo, but I will move beyond that and I feel say the same go green. Way. I feel the same way. There's a lot of Spartan <laughs> material in this office. Oh, it's the battle we've been having for years of U of M versus MSU, but uh, we love each other in spite of that. So, hey, it's great to have you here. Share a little bit uh, about what you're doing and where you're serving and uh, your journey in ministry. Uh, my name is Angelo, and uh, my wife Kim and I uh, are lead pastors at Rock Church, also the founding pastors yeah, planted of Rock it. Church, which was launched in September of 2002. Wow. And uh, this past October, we actually celebrated our 20-year anniversary. Yeah, and it is a fantastic church. I, I preached there recently, and one of the things I love about uh, Rock Church is um, you talk to people and they're constantly telling you they gave their heart to the Lord there or recommitted their life to Christ. Yeah. And it's a church that's uh, really want to uh, seen a lot of people win their faith journey into Christ. And I'm so thankful I for uh, that. missional churches that we don't have. We need more. Uh, we need to be missional in our focus while we still establish a healthy church. Uh, Pastor Angelo, yeah. you have been a church planner and that is our subject today. Uh, we're going to talk about lessons that you wished you had known when you started church planting, you know, oh the journey that you've gotten to here and you have some perspective to look back and say, you know, I learned some things along the way. Before we do that, I, uh, I want to kind of give a moment and somebody may be listening to this, driving in their car, sitting at work, going for a walk, whenever, and uh, they may be wrestling with, you know, should I church plant? What's my next move? Is it a, you know, put my name in at an existing church? Um, I just want to take a moment at the beginning of this and give you a shot because I know church planning is big on your heart. How does someone know they're a church planner or what would you encourage someone who might be contemplating, should I be a church planner? Well, the, the obvious, you know, the Holy Spirit does the calling, right? not you or I. I mean, right. I, I had a lot of people that told me at first they didn't think that Kim and I could do it, right? you know, so <laughs> ultimately it's got to be the Holy Spirit, but yeah. uh I'll give you four quick insights, yeah. maybe principles. Yeah. Uh, one would be nothing else moves you. Right. If you're going to plant a church, that that's the thing that moves you mm. and mobilizes you, motivates you. Um, I, I remember Kim and I, we had opportunities to take some existing churches yeah. and get on staff in some incredible churches. Yeah. And one specific one uh, we turned down, and yeah. 10 minutes later after I turned it down on the phone, we got into a three-hour argument. <laughs> Because I wanted to call the guy back up and say, no, yeah. we'll take the position. <laughs> right, right, and she right. was like, no, we're called to plant. Yeah. And she was right. Right. Uh, as usual. Yeah. Um, so nothing else moves you. I, I You know, uh, you mentioned it earlier, just souls. Yeah. You, know, you have to have some element of a passion for the lost. Mm. You know, plant a church. You don't want to build it off the disgruntled Pentecostal church down the street. Sure, right. You know, you want to do it uh, based off of lost people. And right. Most studies will tell you that church plants do a good job of reaching unchurched people. They do. So, you know, gift of evangelist, uh, or at least if you're you're not the one with that, somebody on your team yeah. better have it. Uh, so I think that's huge. Another one, it's kind of an old school phrase, uh, a pioneering spirit. Yeah. It's really hard work and uh, not the 
play the violin and feel sorry for anybody that's planting a church, but right. you know, you got, it's pioneering. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, you're a trailblazer. I think about the American pioneers, you know, fighting through weather, woods and wolves and mountains and rivers and the list goes on what right. they had to go through to, to get, uh, to the West side of the, the country. Right. And so physically and spiritually, you know, um, Pioneering stuff. You're yeah. plowing, you're planting, you're harvesting, uh, long hours and things like that. A lot and of you trials. Don't harvest in the same season you plant. So yeah, there's exactly. a waiting period of time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's you're gonna have to fight through trials and tribulations and disappointments right. and discouragement and those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so that's the pioneering spirit. The last one I would say if you're called to plant a church is you gotta be a visionary and yeah. and a dreamer. Be yeah. able to dream big and be able to cast that. Yeah, inspire others to follow the 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 mission. Yeah, the dream. It's got to be a big dream. So yeah. if you're a visionary who has a heart to win people to Jesus, is got a pioneering spirit that's willing. Maybe maybe we because uh, I love the old term pioneering spirit. Maybe entrepreneurial yeah. spirit yeah, would be kind of in the same <laughs> modern phrase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if that's and the call of the Holy Spirit on your life. Uh, you know, pay attention to that. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, don't just go, well, I can do that anywhere. No, if God's got a call for you to church planning, he's birthing these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts in your spirit and in your mind. And I think we need to listen to them and not let fear get in the way of what God might be saying. Yeah, so, it's the only thing that really moves your heart. Yeah, it's the only thing that moves your heart. What yeah. If you just keep thinking, if I could plant a church, if I could plant a church, that might be a good sign. Yeah. What do you love about church planting? I mean, you've done it. You've helped support other churches that planted. What? What is it? You have you, you have planting in your heart and in your DNA. Yeah. What do you love about it? I, I think probably what I loved about it the most was just being able to be myself. Yeah. You know, being able to be all of my authentic self. Yeah. Kim and I. Um, we didn't have to follow the beloved former pastor. Sure. And just be able to be yourself and be real. That was so refreshing. Yeah. Um, freedom to be creative. Yeah. It was huge. You know, I'm a big fan of the, the messages sacred, the methods are not. Right. So, so again, you're not fighting traditions at all, which was, <laughs> right, it was right. I don't think I had the patience to do that. Right. I might now, but back then I didn't. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I would just say is just, we really learned uh, just a radical dependency on God. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the process. Right. Anybody that says that they do, they're lying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just learning how to really realize that he's our resource. Yeah. And our faith just grew. I yeah. Mean, God just blew our minds. You know, we'll drive by the building, sometimes come home from a restaurant or a friend's house, and we'll just stare at it and go, can you believe what Jesus yeah. did? Yeah. And it's, he's just big in our hearts now. He's yeah. bigger. Yeah. And talk about that for just one second. Sure. When you get to this place in life and you arrive at a space where the church is now established and healthy and, you know, uh, a viable yeah. entity in a community. And then you go back to the first Sunday you walked in with, I don't know, 10, whatever your launch team was, right. 20 people or less and you and your wife and your son and you walk in and he's a little guy yeah. and you're going, wow, this is where I'm starting. Uh, when you look back and you see the goodness of God, how did that shape you in making decisions along the way as your church grew? I mean, it had to do something in your spirit to be like, look where we came from, look what God was doing, look where God is. And, and now how do you view the possibilities of God after this journey of 20 years? Well, that's a good question. I was just say, you know, I'm a big fan of the phrase, uh, the supernatural, yeah, the super and the natural, right? If you'll do the natural, God will do the, do the super. Yeah. And when I watch my wife and I and my son and the church do the practical stuff very well yeah, and do the natural things very well, 
God showed up and just did supernatural stuff. Right. So we look back, you know, it's grace, grace, grace. Yeah. His grace is supernatural, and he has just done incredible stuff in us and through us. Yeah. You don't take any of the credit. You just, you know, not to sound cheesy or anything, but it's it's grace. It is. You know, it really is. It's his His uh, strength and his power upon us, and we just look back, and we're just in awe at the incredible stuff that he's done yeah. through, through us. Yeah. That's awesome. What I'm mean, just going to be a two part question. Sure. What, what has been the greatest reward you've experienced um, in planting a church for you as a person, but also what's, what are the difficult parts? I mean, I I'm one for, um, you know, when a person would come to me at church and say, when I was pastoring, Hey, I feel God's called me to ministry. I yeah. said, well, if I can talk you out of it, you're probably not called, you know, yeah. and it wasn't that hard, but no, it was it. more of, let me share with you the good, the bad, and the ugly so yep. you're prepared. You know, for a person who's in church planting right now, uh, maybe going through a, a difficult season or a good season, or someone thinking about it, what what has been the greatest reward for you personally, and what's been the most difficult part of planting? I think the reward is just really the souls that have been won, the yeah. believers that have been baptized. Yeah. Uh, we we do a big giant baptism bash three or four times a year. They're awesome. I see the pictures on Facebook, and it's just awesome to yeah, watch. It just makes all the painful seasons worth it <laughs> right, uh, on right. those Sundays when you see so many right. giving their lives to treat Jesus and yeah. transform lives impact in a city. Yeah. Um, something I thought of recently was just lost souls saved become loyal servants later. Ooh, I love that. You know, and uh, say that one more time. Lost souls saved become loyal servants or loyal leaders. Yeah. Later. Love that. And the ones that have been the most impactful at rock church are the ones that we won to Christ there. Yeah. They got discipled. Yeah. They started to serve. They've become leaders. Yeah. And many of them have gotten on our staff. Right. And the, the strength of our staff probably has always been raising them from within. Yeah. You know, so that to me is one of the, some of the rewards. Now, as for the, <laughs> the difficult parts, yeah. uh, I go on forever on this one, um, <laughs> but I was just say obstacles and opposition. Yeah. Um, sure. Got to get real. There's a lot of spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah. It's real. Oh, yeah. You know, I was thinking this week, you know, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. Right. You know, but didn't he didn't say they wouldn't try. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a really good point. You know, so uh, that's huge. I, little inconveniences add up. Yeah. You know, you, you don't know how to, uh, where to get a bulletin made. Yeah. I don't know if people are still doing bulletins today, but back right. then we were. Right. And, you know, no website, no building, no people, no money. Right. You know, those things were difficult. Yeah. Um. Another one would be just protecting the infant church mm. um, from infection. That's good. There's a lot of vision vultures out there and dream killers. Yeah. Um, you had to shepherd that baby big time in the beginning. Yeah. You still have to do it every year, every week. Don't get me wrong. Right. In the early days, if you don't protect that infant, yeah. it'll catch an infection. Yeah. And uh, so we were making sure that people coming from other churches, if they visited and they were telling us how great their former church was, I'm like, why'd you leave? Right. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know, they just, there's a lot of rebellion and religiosity yeah. that, that can sneak into an infant church. Yeah. And, uh, we had to really protect it. That was difficult, you know, because you didn't want to micromanage it too much and be paranoid, but and same, you needed people and you needed people. <laughs> right. So you're desperate. You're right. like, Oh, I know you're, you're, you you sound like a Jezebel, you know, you got, you got an attitude, but <laughs> well, can you, know, you work at kids ministry, can you work in kids ministry, <laughs> but you got to protect the dream, right? You know, you really got it because if it gets an infection, right, it'll kill it before it, 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 it can really grow. I think you're onto something there too. I, I think the vision vultures, let me, let me just expound on that for a moment. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are attracted to the new because they think they could control. 
Good word. And I think they say, oh, there's a new church plant. I'll go there. I'll be one. I'll be a big fish in a small pond right, and I'll right. control the, I'll control who fishes where. And I think church planters have to be, it's that balance. Like, like you were just talking right, about yeah. of we need people. We want to give people a second chance. They sure. might've just had a bad experience, yep, yep. but they're not going to come in and then take over the vision of the church. Right, and right. in infancy, like you said, it's really easy for someone to become an influencer in a smaller group right. than it is to assimilate in a church your size. Now right. they're not going to come in and, and the church is going to self-govern itself in the early days. It's primarily the pastor. Yeah. yeah I think that's well said. I think a lot of infant churches or young churches, don't make it to their next level because they didn't protect it well. That's good. That's good. Oh yeah. If you could write a letter, this is a crazy question. If you could write a letter to yourself one month before you planted, uh, what would you say? I love that question. Yeah. I would probably say, uh, make sure you enjoy the journey more. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's huge. You know? Yeah. And just celebrate wins more. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of task driven, so mm. very missional. Sure. I'm always on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've gotten way better in the last three to five years. It's brought to my attention that I need, I need to do that better. <laughs> so I'm intentional about that. But yeah. in those early days, I think I missed some seasons mm-hmm. where God was just doing incredible stuff. Right. And maybe not thanking the people enough or thanking the leadership enough and just going on to the next thing. And well, ultimately even when not you have success, What's that? even when you have success, you have a problem. Right. So when the church grows from 20 to 50 or to a hundred, even though it's good, right. We have a problem. Sure. So it's, it's even, it's what you're saying is celebrating the good, but when the good is good, sometimes it's real good and it creates problems and you move to the problems instead of celebrating the good. I, yeah. I think it's a good warning for all of us is that as things go good, it's going to create problems, but stay in touch with what's going right. Yeah, yeah. well said. I would also say uh, just go full-time sooner. Yeah. Take the risk. Sure. You know, I was always trying to save money for ministry or the new building. Yeah. So I, I used to be a plumber and a pastor at the same sure. time and yeah. wean myself off of that, but I should have weaned myself quicker, and I should have hired staff quicker. Okay. So if I could, you know, again, most of it was out of the motive of, I want money for ministry and right. I want money for the building. Well, I think we would have had more money and better ministries if I had <laughs> hired people. But, <laughs> right. The, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, just getting staff quicker. Yeah. And, and not being afraid to listen to the elders, the board, mm. when they said, hey, it's time for you to get a salary. And I was like, no, I, yeah. I was fighting it more than they were. Right. In some situations. Right. You know, so what, uh, what would you say? Uh, I'll take one step further. Yeah. Um, what would you say that with, about to yourself about the core group you launch with, you know, statistics say many of them won't be there in the end. Right. Um, some will stick through. Um, what would you write to yourself about caring for your core that you launch with? Yeah, I think that, uh, uh, ultimately, you know, even Jesus lost some of his core and, yep. and sort of Paul and, <laughs> true. Yeah. and others. And I think it's a, it's a misconception to think that if they left you, that you must have done something correct wrong. Right. I mean, if they abandoned Paul, they might abandon Aaron and yep. Angela. And they will. They will. At the same time, we got to take personal responsibility sure. and go, what could we do better? And yeah. I think, you know, I felt like I communicated very well from the pulpit. Yeah. What was going to happen when we got a new building and the growth and all that stuff. But I could have done a better job in elder meetings or a better job in uh, staff meetings, maybe yeah. even a better job in, you know, our quarterly or monthly leadership meetings right. of what to prepare for. You right. know, we're going to go from 
200 to 500 possibly. Right. And that dynamic changes and you're going to feel this and sense this. And it you know, doesn't mean I don't love you. And I just don't have the time I used to have for you. And right, right. I did that from the pulpit. I thought pretty well, yeah. but not one-on-one as good as I could have. Well, when sure. they hear it from the pulpit, they go, Oh, that's so true, but that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I right. felt like I pastored the people well, but not necessarily yeah. the leaders as well as I could have. And probably you know, I guess you could say lost some pretty precious people along the way. Yeah. Well, I think that's true in any dynamic and any change, you know, as the church changes, you have to change your leadership roles and go to the next level. If if someone's listening to this today, Angelo, and they're sitting there and they're considering pursuing their, they're in the process of it. They're a pastor who wants to launch and plant another church uh, Mm -hmm. out of their church. Um, Just give them an encouragement. What would you encourage them if they're listening right now? What would you encourage them about this uh, journey, this road, this possibility? Well, I'd say other than, you know, our salvation, my wife and I, yeah. uh, church planning has been the most exciting, yeah. adventurous, uh, fruitful uh, experience we've had with Jesus. Yeah. You know, so that I would say, um, I'd throw a little thought in there. Um, if you're feeling like God's drawing you this way, make sure your your family's healthy yeah. and your finances are healthy. It's good. Uh, both of those were solid. Yeah, they weren't perfect. Right, but they were solid. Right, and because you you know you're gonna both of those are gonna take a hit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people launch out and their finances are a hot mess. Yeah, and they're gonna get messier. Mm. So get that in order. Um, it's great the principle I learned there, and that was just incredible from a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he said, "Don't grasp." For people, mm-hmm. you know, and he used uh, Philippians chapter two, where Jesus didn't grasp at being God, right? He just abided in who he was. And uh, his advice to me before I launched was, "Do not grasp for people. Mm. Um, just, just be faithful to the mission and the vision. Uh, the people that are supposed to come are going to come. Don't do anything unethical, inappropriate. Right. Right. To try to build your church." And those words just were just just rung in my heart Fantastic. and my head a lot. Yeah. So we made sure that we didn't do those kinds of things. Right. Uh, there was a guy that lived on my street that was an incredible guitar player and a solid worship leader. Yeah. And people were always coming up to me saying, go knock on his door, go knock on his door, <laughs> get him to come to the rock, get him to come right. to the rock. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. He's right. going to another church. I'm just right. not doing that. Right. And ironically about a year and a half later, he just walked into rock church one day Yeah. and uh, became one of our worship leaders yeah. for about a decade. Yeah great guitar player and actually became my son Nick's uh the, the guy who trained Nick on how to play bass and oh, guitar. Oh wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And still a pretty good friend of mine today. Right. But we didn't grasp for him. Right. We let God do it. Right. And uh I, I think that's huge. I think too many times we get insecure. Yeah. We're a little inferior. We're intimidated by what's going on and we start lowering our standards. We right. do some inappropriate things and hearing that don't grasp was huge. So I would say if, if you feel like maybe God's calling you to do this once again, just great joy it's just, it's just as incredible as your salvation right family and finances in order don't grasp if you want something for in your life where god gets the glory plan a church yeah plan a because church. it takes nothing and make something i love and it only he can really do that i love it i i want to see i want to see less churches close those churches thrive i want to mm. see more churches planted that is part of my the biggest thing in my heart and and you have given incredible wisdom and experience that you've shared with us today has been very helpful to me. It's been helpful to our pastors, ministry leaders. If you're out there listening and you're considering planting a church, I'm sure Angelo would be open for you to call and ask questions of him and, uh, you know, check in with him, but also 
uh, Jim Wiegand, our church planning team. But I just want to encourage you, uh, let God birth something new in you. If you're wondering what the next phase of life is, rather you're thinking it's church planting or not, at least allow God to speak if it is. You know, take a moment yeah. and say, God, is this what you have for me? Do you want me to plant the church? And uh, we'll get on board and we'll help you along the way. And uh, and we appreciate it. So, Angela, thank you so much for yeah. all your wisdom, insight. You're a great friend, and I so appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.